Hey there. Thanks for joining me on Comedy Masterclass, where I interview creators about the craft of writing comedy. Hey everyone, I am very lucky to have the multi-talented Holly Hall with me today. Holly is an actor, comedian, writer and improviser, so I have loads of questions for her. She actually won the BBC New Comedy Awards Digital Comedian of the Year in 2021 with her super funny sketch, When Podcasts Go Wrong. And because of that, she was then given a commission by the BBC to create a short film. It's what she would have wanted, which I have watched and is so brilliant and hilarious. I'll include links to that in the show notes. And she's also currently performing a new solo comedy show, You Wouldn't Like Me When I'm Angry. So as you can tell, there's so much expertise that Holly has that I'm going to grill her about today. And Holly, I'm going to ask you first of all about character, because you are such a great writer-performer. I'd love to know, what are some of the sort of tips and techniques that you find helpful when you're creating your central character? And then I will come on to ask about how you think about writing for other characters too. Yeah, so I think if anyone's looking to create a character, a great way of doing it and something that I definitely do is to take inspiration from your own life or to kind of like just observe the people that are around you, like whether that's eavesdropping on someone's conversation or whether it's a really funny person that you work with. I think that can be a really great way to create a character to start with or like maybe they just give you an idea and then you build it from there, I would say. I think that's how I go about it. Um, or alternatively, if your story's a very personal story, then maybe you can base it around yourself. That's a really good tip. So I'm going to have to ask you, for your sketch, When Podcasts Go Wrong, where did you get the idea for that from? Because anyone who's listening or watching this right now, I can tell you that in a horribly ironic twist of fate, this is actually my second time trying to record Holly. The first time this week, I had a power cut, lights went out, everything went down. I left Holly stranded the other side. So I'd love to know, Holly, for that award-winning sketch, how did you uh, get that idea and what do you think people are responding to when they watch it? So the initial idea came from me listening to some really bad podcasts these like American motivational podcasts. And there was one in particular that I was listening to that just seemed to be the host talking about how he was going to make you feel motivated for the entire podcast. And then there was zero motivational tips. And then it was just adverts. (laughs) So I was just listening to it. Like, when is he going to like motivate me? Like this seems really mad. Um, So that was my initial idea. And then I went to my friend Dipak Patel, who's a writer and director, and just said, I've got this idea. What do you think? And then he is incredible at creating like comedy sketches. He's so good at structure as well. So he kind of developed that idea with me. Um, It was his idea to come up with the internal external monologue that the character has. Um, and so, yeah, just a, it was a collaborative process going back and forth. And I think what people can relate to, even if you don't have a podcast, I think people can relate to just like the feeling of embarrassment when you've done something wrong, but you don't want to admit to the fact that you've done something wrong and maybe try and like just live with it a little bit. Like it's a really uncomfortable <laughs> thing to sit in and live in. But I don't know, maybe not, I think probably in real life, we 
we don't do it to that extent but sometimes you do want to get away with something and just see how far you can take it yeah I think that's perfect and do you mind talking a little bit in relation to your short film how you then thought about extending that to a 10 minute piece because I absolutely love the escalation in your short film I think like the way that the tension mounts and ratchets and where we arrive at by the end how did you think about approaching that for your character and structuring it to really create that amount of tension for 10 minutes so I worked, so it was a BBC commission, but I worked with Daddy Super Yacht and we like developed the idea together. The initial idea came from me sharing embarrassing stories. Um, and I think they were like trying to pull this idea from the uh, sketch of like sitting in this like embarrassment and cringe kind of situation. And how can we like find other examples of that? So, yeah, we had a lot of conversations just about embarrassing stories that have happened to me. It seems for some reason like I have had my fair share of those. Um, So then we were like, okay, what's the situation where someone wants to get as much out of it as they possibly can? Um, Being quite selfish, quite narcissistic, but also, um, I don't know, like maybe sort of grounded to start with. And then escalate mm. it to these other places. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant how you did that. I loved how you started it literally at the, I got the sense it's like the kitchen table kind of really rooted in reality. And then when we arrive at by the end of the funeral is so funny to me. I thought you built it really expertly. So just jumping back to character in relation to your short film, because I, th- I thought there was such a fantastic range of characters in your short film. I was thinking that even with that script, even if you don't, if you were one of those other performers, even if it was just three or four lines, they were so well drawn. There was so much that people could play with. How did you think about capturing that? I mean, I'd, I mean, yeah, I'd like to say a lot of it comes from the actors as well. Like working with such a talented group of actors I mean, you can create a great script, but ultimately the actors are part of that process once you get on set or once you get to rehearsals. So the writing is important, but I think what they each brought individually really created the characters that we had in the end. Um, Yeah, I think they're all very interesting, kind of weird, quirky characters for every single character in the film, I would say. They've all got sort of weird elements to them but yeah it was just so impressive and amazing to see them all bring it to life it was like when you're writing it hopefully you're making yourself laugh when you're writing it but it's nothing compared to seeing actors do it in real life I bet that must be such a fun magical process and did you have any say in the casting yeah quite a lot um I'd seen Kate Robbins in Afterlife she plays like a psychic mm. character and I just thought she'd be so funny for Annie's mum. And I loved Smack the Pony when I was growing up and just thought like it would be a dream to have Fiona Allen play my mum. I thought we're not a million miles away, like it's quite a good casting for my mum in terms mm. of looks. And then I'd met Kyle at the Comedy Awards. So I knew I really wanted to work with him. So that was amazing when he was up for it. And then, yeah, I did get to meet some new actors as well, which was really, really nice. Um, So some I knew, some I didn't, some who I'd seen their work and just thought they were incredible. So it was actually really lovely to get this amazing mix of people. 
That's fab. And it sounds like you've done a, a great job of kind of building those networks. And you've mentioned lots of other creatives that you've worked with, whether it's kind of bouncing ideas off each other as writers or as directors. For people that are sort of starting out and who may be able to access some of the amazing opportunities online right now, but are feeling perhaps a little bit isolated trying to do things by themselves, what would you recommend practically um, if, if it is someone that's like with their phone in their bedroom trying to make a start, what helped you build out that network of awareness and actual like working collaborative rela- relationships? So for me, I did a lot of improv um, quite a few years ago, and that was really helpful for writing and for acting. Met a really great group of people that we then formed a team, did a lot of shows in London. So I think I've met a lot of great people through improv and that's been great so I would recommend if anyone like wants to get into comedy or like you say feeling a bit isolated improv is a great way to do that and there are some really good schools I don't know about in the rest of the UK but in London there's the Free Association and Hoopla and a few other great courses that are going on so I'd say that's a really good place to meet people as well because the likelihood is there are people there that would want to collaborate maybe other writers or performers So that would be something I would recommend. And then also I would say just filming things on your own. So that's what I started doing like in lockdown, just filming short sketches. I'd say try and make yourself laugh with it. Like don't worry too much about other people and how it's going to be received to start with. Just think of funny things that you enjoy, make them, put them out there. And I would say when you first start doing it, your friends and your family on social media they're going to be really supportive and want to see it and enjoy it so that's going to start you off hopefully in a really supportive place and then as you go on you'll hopefully make friends doing it you'll interact with new people doing it Uh, TikTok is amazing a lot of the stuff that I've done is has been through Instagram but TikTok obviously has blown up and it's so amazing like when I first started putting videos on there it's amazing how many people watch your videos even when you don't have any like followers on there it's just such a huge audience and I mean I do post on TikTok but I feel like I've got a lot to learn and a lot to go through in terms of you know putting stuff out there on TikTok um so yeah I'd say just being consistent with it is key So maybe setting yourself a schedule of like which days of the week you're going to post or how many times thinking about content that you want to put out there. I mean, obviously, when you first start, you don't need to put too much pressure on yourself. But I think the real key to it is consistency. I think that's really good advice. Great advice for anyone building any skill. So thank you for that. Um, I'd love to know how you deal with feedback. And that can be the whole gamut from getting potentially comments online, which have, you know, maybe very constructive, may just be trolling through to actually working professionally, like, for example, on your commission, if it's gone through several layers um, of process. What are some of the practical ways that you think about either asking for feedback, receiving feedback, deciding what to take on board, deciding what to throw out? Like, how have you calibrated that for yourself as a really distinctive performer? I think I've got better at it over the years. There was probably a time where I 
found some feedback to be like critical even when it wasn't maybe that comes from a place of when you're first starting out maybe you're a bit scared and you're a bit worried to put your work out there so when you do get feedback you take it personally um but I actually think I'm okay with feedback now like um as you go on you'll find people whose comedy you love or people who you really trust or admire and if you're getting notes from them then that that's a great thing like they're only going to give you things that are going to help and improve your work um I've been doing a course recently where on the first session we had to give each other feedback and we'd never met anyone in the room before so we were sent like a sample of other people's work and then we just had to give feedback and it's interesting like at first we were all a bit like timid and worried to like say what we thought about it but actually everyone can have an opinion and it can be useful to send your work to most people I'd say like if there's anyone in your life who is a kind of critical person maybe protect yourself and don't send it to them straight away but I think everyone's got something to give in terms of feedback and I think most people are just they want to help you they want you to do well so I think if you come at it from that point of view then it can only be helpful and also if you don't agree with someone's notes maybe just take a bit of time to think about it and think why do I not agree with them and then yeah I just think you don't have to do everything everyone else says like comedy is very subjective so if someone gives you an idea or suggestion you can consider it but then if it's not right for you ultimately you can just say no that that's good but for this project I don't think it's right so I think like the more you do it the more you'll find your own kind of flow with it I would say yeah, I think that's that's great advice. And because again, as you say, that the more you do it with that consistency that you were speaking about, you do then get to calibrate and you accumulate enough for it not to be the the one comment that you take completely out of context. I think that's great. And also your suggestion of being in that improv environment, whether you see yourself as a writer or a writer performer, that having to get up and it not always going well and having to like bounce back from it, it does create that sort of, like you say, resilience, openness, play, and know that everyone wants you to be doing well yeah because you have got that improv background I'd love to know are there any specific tools from improv that you just find really helpful like if you are stuck trying to generate something or something isn't working or you're trying to freshen something up are there any improv tools that you really love yeah I think through doing scenes in improv you learn some of the basic rules like yes and and supporting each other trying to make each other look good I think sometimes when you're writing if you're a bit stuck it can help because if you're writing a scene between two characters rather than just staring at a blank page you could just start improvising on your own and just imagining that you are both characters and just thinking right well what would they say I think a really good thing to do as well is just to a lot of people talk about like writing a vomit draft of any anything Mm. that you're writing so I think aim to be bad on your first draft and just tell yourself this is going to be awful but I'm going to write it and by the end of it I'll have a scene and then you can just rest it do something else come back to it and then you'll be editing it and and using that 
So yeah, I think that's good with improv. I mean, I don't know how much I use like yes and when I'm writing, like maybe sometimes, but I mean, for life, I think that's quite a useful thing just to, (laughs) just for like general conversation. It is so good how much improv can help with just regular life skills, like listening, for example. Like if you find yourself in a conversation or over multiple conversations and you just think, I'm not really listening to what they're saying. I think improv really helps with that because it can teach you the skills to just hone in on what that other person is saying. I think that's perfect advice. If you heard that in the background, my dog is very distracted by the fact that two guinea fowl have come and peered in through the window. So he's trying to see them off like they're burglars. So (laughs) it's fine. It's only a guinea fowl alert. I thought he was just like that that passionate about improv. (laughs) Maybe. We could also put that spin on it. You can't quite see him in the video. So let's just say he was like, yes, that's also what I think about improv. It's great for life. We all improvise. (laughs) But actually... um, I think that is great though because it also brings in that sense of play and that sense of openness um so vital I'd love to know for your solo show that you've developed how that that fits in because again I I don't know how long um your show is what time frame you're working with but how you've built that and how many iterations you've been through what's that process been like from the idea that you started with it's called you wouldn't like me when I'm angry which I love as a sort of thesis statement what's the process been like from whatever the germ of that idea was through to where you are now so I would say improv's been hugely useful for that because when I first started it it was during lockdown and I did a course that was part of the cockpit theatre which is a really great course. I don't know if they're doing it at the moment, but they have it um, um, on their website, basically. And there's a lady named Daisy who runs it and she's amazing. So yeah, it's called, it was called Get Your Show Written. So mm. I spent time on that course. It was really great because they'd give you, I really like it when you get set homework because it means you have to do it. Like there's no, oh, I'll just leave it. Like, it's just me. Like, I don't need to finish it. But no, you've got someone who's like, right, on Tuesday, I need you to present what you've got. So they would do things like almost like a PowerPoint presentation. It was over Zoom and you would have to present Mm. your scenes for your show. And obviously you hadn't written them yet. It was just like in this scene, this will happen. So I found that really useful. And it went from that to then me basically typing out the whole show based on these scene ideas that I'd come up with. And when I then got to rehearsal, um, so my director's Chris Lindsay and got to rehearsal, it wasn't actually funny at all because I just think, because I'd just been spending so much time just writing it and not thinking about it as a performer. And so what was really great about working with Chris and about having these improv skills was he would just say, right, so for this section, we know this happens, here's the beat. Um just improvise this so then I would in rehearsal improvise big sections and then at the end of it he'd be like right well this worked this worked or he'd like laugh at a certain bit and then I could go away and be like right well this scene I'm going to write it up based on you know the feedback that Chris has given me or like on the recording like if he laughed at a certain point I'd be like great put that in and all the other bits I can just cut it away so yeah I think if you're struggling especially if you're a performer you want to perform something you want to have a show but 
you're not necessarily a writer improv is a brilliant tool because you can just use that to make your show you can just transcribe it from the audio I think that's fantastic advice and did it worry you at all when you stood it up and and you kind of felt like oh it's not funny or did that not in the sense that I mean there's so many pieces now that we're putting all different labels on like comedy drama where actually when you watch the episode if it's tv or you watch the stand-up there's so much that's contained within it and maybe that initial part for you is finding the character finding what those scenes are where they build to kind of what the themes are and the comedy's in there it just needs bringing out or or did it feel like a, a bit of a disruption when you stood it up and and were thinking it's not funny like where was where were you aiming for and and how do you think about comedy weaving into that process I definitely felt exactly the way you described it like I was just getting up doing it I wasn't being too hard on myself I knew that there was a show there I knew that like you say there Mm. was comedy in there it just needed to be pulled out um so yeah I think I think it was it was all right to start with I didn't feel like negative about it or like oh it's not funny it just kind of amused me that I'd written this whole thing and I could just step back from it and just be like it's not it's not what I thought it was. And I think mm. that's just because it wasn't up on its feet and I wasn't, maybe if I'd have acted bits out as I was writing it, but for that particular project, I just found that I just I just wrote it all. I think maybe because I'd done the course online and then I knew what the scenes had mm. to be and I was just like, right, I just need to get this all out. I just need to bring up all these ideas and just get it down onto paper to start with. And the fact that the show now is completely different to what it was then, I think that's a good thing. I think it develops as time goes on. And I think that's why people shouldn't be so hard on themselves when they're doing like a work in progress, getting it up on Mm. its feet in front of people. I think don't worry about it. Like just do what you do, enjoy it. There will be things that come out of it. Like maybe you'll be like, oh, that bit didn't work at all. Like I'm definitely not going to do that. So I think just allow yourself to make mistakes. Um, That's another thing from improv. They always say like mistakes are gifts. So sometimes when things go wrong, it could be the best thing to happen. I think that's brilliant and and so true and that you end up with something that you couldn't have imagined at the beginning. And also I think it's great. I don't know if you've ever done stand-up, but there's so much that I love about the stand-up culture, even though I'm not a stand-up and I don't want to do stand-up in the sense of being willing to try things, stand them up on their feet, take what works, do another iteration, do another iteration. So it's not like trying to create some perfect thing on paper. Like it, it doesn't get tested until it's put in front of the audience. So I I love that kind of iterative process that you're engaged with. And from where the show is now, what some of the things that you like best about the way that it's developed that maybe you couldn't even imagined from the beginning? What are you enjoying about it? Um, At the moment, I'm enjoying the audience interaction. I Mm. obviously it takes a while to like learn the show, to perform it. I think when you're doing a work in progress, there will always be bits that you miss out or you get the order mixed up. So now that I feel like I'm at a really good place with it, interacting with the audience is really, really funny. And I think people are just so funny. Um, I've done a couple of nights recently where I've like 
just taken a small section of the show and done it at uh, like a sketch night kind of thing. And mm. I didn't really expect to have so much fun. Like there was, yeah, like a really funny moment with a woman um, where like I get audience members to like get their phone out and look at their Instagram. Um, it's the critical voice character. So she's like really mean, but kind of weirdly charismatic at the same time. And um, yeah, I got this, amazing. Got this woman to like get her Instagram out, and I was the the joke is like whoever she sees on her screen, like whatever post comes up on Instagram first, I'll say to her, "They're earning more money than you, aren't they?" And she looked at her phone. I said that, yeah. but she hadn't really clocked what was on her Instagram feed. And then as I like went to leave her, she looked down at the phone and realized that the the last post to come up was of a baby. And then she just like looked up at me and was like, it's a baby. And I was like, yeah, exactly. A baby's earning more money than you. And it was just, I just, it just, it just really tickled me how like conf- confused and like shocked she was <laughs> by what she'd seen on her phone. Um, so I don't know, like you just get these really funny moments that happen when you're willing to. And, and again, this is like, keep talking about improv. I'm obsessed, but Another thing that improv helps with is just speaking to people and being willing to like go off script for a little bit, interact with people, have fun, and then come back to it. So that's been a really nice thing that I've been enjoying. Oh, that sounds so fun. So delightful. I could imagine that so clearly in my head. (laughs) That's great. And I love that you're able to bring this really playful, like fun approach to all of your work it sounds like which is so encouraging to hear like sometimes I can take things far too seriously and it's such a great reminder that it applies whether you're creating a sketch with one other person whether you're making a live show with an audience or whether you're actually thinking about those characters for a short film and how you can really have fun with them and bring such a fun world to life and I'm sure that comes through because I like I just I could the it was such a great feeling watching your short film even though the central event is a funeral just there was so much delight and tension and play and cringe in it it was delightful so I think the fun you're having also comes through so as we uh, bring this to a bit of a close I'd love to ask a final few questions about the wider world of comedy and what you're enjoying currently when you watch shows what what's really tickling you um I've actually been watching some really bleak dystopian kind of things um I don't know why I kind of just really love it like um obviously we all had the pandemic and that was horrible but like there's just a part of me that really like craves a zombie apocalypse and just wants to kind of like see how I would do (laughs) in that situation um I mean there'd be no work we wouldn't have to go to work um no we wouldn't have to worry about things like obviously we'd have a lot to worry about but there would be a lot of stuff we wouldn't have to worry about social media wouldn't have to worry about that anymore um no so yeah I've been watching The Last of Us which is a okay a zombie apocalypse show um and um trying to think what else I've been watching Station Eleven, which again, very bleak, dystopian okay. uh, show. Um, in terms of comedy, I discovered Nathan for You like maybe a year ago, and I realised that's a really old show now. 
but it's so so funny i don't know that one you know nathan fielder he's a like a comedian and writer okay he he brought out another show that was on i think it was on hbo not that long ago called the rehearsal and it's the idea yeah you might have heard about it it's the idea that in life we don't get to practice things we just are expected to have difficult conversations or you know do life events that maybe we're not we don't know how to navigate them so he's really really funny and really silly and Nathan for you is he would go into businesses and say to them I've got a way to improve your business and so, for example, um, one of them he did was he went into a coffee shop that wasn't doing very well. And he was like, I've got this great idea. We're going to rebrand you as fake Starbucks. And they just had everything right. in there, like exactly the same as Starbucks. And they had to like navigate, like, how do we not get sued? And it's super, super silly. He did one where he went to a frozen yogurt place and was like, you need to drum up more like um, excitement about about your shop. So... I'm going to make a poo flavoured uh, frozen yoghurt. That's going to bring people in. <laughs> the whole show is just so stupid. Like you're watching it like none of this makes any sense. But it's the people in it. It's actually the regular people in it that are funny. He's almost mm. a straight man. Like everyone else. Right, in it. interesting. Yeah, it just makes you realise that people are so funny. And if you lead them in certain directions, the things that they come out with or the actions that they take, can just be so mad. Um, So that is a really, really funny show I'd recommend. And then also, I feel like I'm always just watching The American Office from time to time in the background, just as my like, you know, like just a show that you just go to when you're eating your dinner or something. Comfort show. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Are you watching anything, Ben? Um, I'm watching Atlanta at the minute so I'm I know I'm a bit late to that but I've I'm into I'm at the end of season two and oh my goodness it's brilliant what I love about it yeah particularly as it progresses so Donald Glover who's a total genius but what I love about how it progresses is the episodes start becoming like little short films that really have their own flavor so like in some sitcoms you'd have like one bottle episode where it feels like a bit of a different show within the series this one as it progresses there's so many where it's like wow okay this episode really has a vibe and oh my goodness I had no idea they were going to go to this place so I never quite know what I'm going to get when I uh play an episode which I love so I'm really enjoying Atlanta at the minute that sounds great and I I have to yeah I have to ask you for so when you're watching The Last of Us and Station Eleven are you recasting it in a more comedic light in your head or are you enjoying the bleakness or are you thinking oh but if I did this and actually it'd be pretty funny um I guess sometimes I'm thinking what would I do in this situation and where would I be Mm, okay like where would I be living um like sometimes yes. I'll just like be walking down the road and just like look up at an apartment, like a block of flats or something and just be like, oh, that would be a good place to hide out. And uh, yeah. Yeah, if I had a sniper <laughs> rifle, that would be quite a good place. I don't think the zombies could get up there. Um, but no, Amazing. I think I'm not really casting it in a comedic way. I'm maybe thinking like if something funny happens, I'll be like, right, that's a funny idea for a sketch. But also mm. I feel like when something's so well written, I find it hard mm. to think of comedic ideas for sketches because I'm just so absorbed into the show that I can't really I can't really think of anything else. 
Yeah, I know that makes sense, but it sounds like it's giving you fuel for your disaster planning <laughs> and on an like improv level, you're walking around going, what if, what if it was an apocalypse and where would I live? Yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. I also do a similar thing. So I'd love to end just with a little bit of advice, whether there's any advice that you've been given as someone who's like a writer, performer, a comedian that you found really helpful. Yeah. Or if you've ever heard someone else give it. Yeah. But you've received. Um, One of my favorite quotes is no one's coming to save you, which sounds bleak, but it isn't like you could, you could, you could spin it that way, I suppose. But for me, it's like, no one's gonna create what you want to create. So say for example, if it's like comedy writing and you've got, you Mm. really want to write a sitcom no one's going to write that for you and just be like, here you go. Or, you know, no one's going to say, oh, Danielle, could you please write me a lovely sitcom? Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm. Like, especially with creative work, the you know, our favourite shows and films, like, I doubt people ask them to make it. They just wanted mm. to. So I think try and think of that in a positive way also in terms of like if you want to make comedy sketches if you're making a sketch on your own unless you kind of like have connections in that way no one's gonna edit it for you and come up with a social media plan for you like you need to kind of like tool yourself up and be like right can I learn how to use a really simple editing software can I go on a course to help me with writing if, you know, that's an area that I'd like to improve in? So I think that's something I really like to to kind of like work with and live by. Um, other advice that I've been given, I had um, a friend improv coach who once told me to always have five projects on the go at once, mm. um, which was really, really helpful because at the time I felt a bit stressed and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to, you know, write sketches and films and things like that. So yeah, they said to me, just always have five things and sort of see it like a fire. Um, Like you're kind of putting these things into the fire and they're kind of like cooking and you maybe pull one thing out, tend to that, put that back in. And I think it also takes the pressure off because if you've only got one thing that you're working on, you're going to probably put a lot of pressure on yourself and on that. And then if that doesn't work out, then you don't have anything else to fall back on. So definitely, yeah, try and have as many things on the go as you can, but then just focus on one thing at a time when you do that. That is brilliant advice. I love that. And it's super practical. And actually, I didn't find that bleak at all. I, your your quote, I think it's really empowering and inspiring. <laughs> I said it to my mum so... before and she was just like, yeah. Oh, that's not very nice. Like, oh, it is. It's good. It's a good thing. It is. It is good. And I think that's a perfect place to end because you can really see that in your work. You can really see that um, you are making it and that's why you won the award and then that's where you get the commission. But they didn't come knocking on your door saying, Holly, like you had to be putting yourself out there creatively, taking those risks, making things, improving, sharing, working with others to make those things happen. So retrospectively, if people only saw one part of your career, they might think, oh, that's lucky, but it's not. You've, you've made that happen yourself and in such a practical way. And I love that you talk about it in such a fun, doable way as well as a place where everyone could start. Yeah. 
yeah definitely like so i think that's a yeah I was gonna say, any if anyone wants to do it like just collaborate with people i'm sure there are either really talented people that you know or there are people that you could reach out to like don't be scared to reach out to people you never know even if you think oh well they're doing this and they won't want to work with me like you don't know just just put it out there just be nice and friendly speak to them see if they want to work with you I don't think there's any I think comedy can be tricky but I don't think there are any barriers in terms of making your own work um I think there is there's a lot of rejection out there definitely but I think there are enough opportunities out there or just you creating your own thing maybe on your social media for everyone to be able to do it I think that's brilliant. I think that's a perfect challenge for anyone listening or watching to either make one thing this week, however tiny you feel like it is, or reach out to one person this week. You can see it's really benefited Holly and I'm I'm finding that really inspiring too. I'm like, right, okay, who do I want to collaborate with? Who am I going to reach out to this week? I love that. So thank you so much, Holly, for generously like taking us behind the scenes and sharing so many things about your process and giving us such great practical advice. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks so much. You can find Holly at Holly Hall Comedian on Instagram and TikTok and underscore Holly underscore Hall on Twitter. Or head over to comedymasterclass.com to find those links, plus links to Holly's award-winning sketch, When Podcasts Go Wrong, So Funny, and her commissioned short film, It's What She Would Have Wanted. Have an excellent week, everyone.